Join us today as we get an action-packed episode for you on Locked On Fantasy Baseball. We review the 2023 season for the Cleveland Guardians. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we're your number one source for fantasy baseball knowledge, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. I'm your host, Matt Onne, and you can find me on Twitter at, at Matthew underscore Onne. Um, You can find us on all social media platforms, podcasting apps, Wherever you may listen, please, please, please leave us a five-star review and a rating. If you can, please also subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're listening to or watching on YouTube. Click the bell below. You'll get an alert for all our new episodes for whenever we launch one so you don't miss out on this great content. Also, please subscribe to our subtext for a more in-depth personalization experience on the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast here. You can get a hell of a lot more on there than you can in this 30-minute podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get a, can bet up to $5 and get a $200 bonus bet guarantee. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started today. All right, guys. We got a great episode for you. And I keep saying we because I just missed my partner Dom here. But, you know, we're in the off season, And you know what? At the end of the week, you're going to get just one me, one him. And it's just going to be how we're going to roll it out uh, until we go to three days a week, which will be after the World Series. So for now, enjoy the team reviews and, and enjoy our Dolo episodes. Well, let's kick this off. We got a good one. We're going to talk about the Cleveland Guardians, how they fa- uh, panned out for fantasy. What do we think we're going to be like for next year? So let's kick off with the best name on the whole on the whole roster here. That's Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez had a great season, honestly. You know what? This is exactly what you expected from all reliable here. You know, first round pick, somebody that you know you know you're you know what you're going to get out of Jose Ramirez year in and year out. And he didn't disappoint this year, but 611 at bats, 87 runs, 36 doubles, five triples, 24 bombs, 80 ribs, 28 stolen bases, batted 282, and walk to strikeout ratio was literally on the dime. 73 strikeouts to 73 walks. How you doing? Fantastic. Now, the only thing that really left me desiring um, from Jose's season this year was the home runs. Would have loved another five or six home runs, get to that 30 mark. Would have just made his season that much better. Now, at age 30, I don't foresee the power being completely gone. I think we're, you know, still a few years out before we can even start having that conversation with Jose Ramirez, especially after he just stole 28 bases. So, Jose Ramirez ultimately, I think, is going to be a fine first-round pick, somebody that I'm obviously going to draft there. Where is going to be the question? As we get deeper into the offseason, I can't wait to really see how that's going to pan out, where he ends up going in drafts and where I end up drafting because I am a big Jose guy, and I think the team is only going to get better next year. So I think Jose Ramirez's upside can be so much more in terms of runs and ribbies, which were you know, not – 
not normally what we expect. I mean, the runs were not that far off with the ribbies. I'd like to see more in the over the hundred mark, but again, not a disappointing season whatsoever. So I think I've spent enough time on Jose Ramirez. I feel like we should move on to Josh Naylor, somebody that, um, you know, I'm not mad at his performance. Somebody that, you know, you probably weren't drafting too high this year and you didn't need to. He was more of a waiver wire pickup, but he finished the season pretty nicely with 452 at bats, 52 runs, 31 doubles, which was really nice for those point leagues, 17 bombs, 97 ribs, 10 stolen bases, and batted 308. Like outside of the runs, and I mean, honestly, like his career high is 20 home runs. So, I mean, I really don't expect too much from him in that aspect of the game. So, I mean, he hasn't really showed out for home runs in a very long time. It's pretty much just on, not even very long time, just in general. So, I just, I look at him and I go, this is pretty much what you expect. You know, hopefully he gets in a position next year where he's hitting in a different position in a lineup where he can get driven home more. And then hopefully the team can just pick it up and as well, just so we can see more guys get more runs on this team. They trend in the right direction in terms of upsides as a total team. So I can see everybody on this team getting better. So I like Josh Naylor, especially if he stays with the Guardians. Uh, in terms of drafting him, I'm probably still not doing it. Um, he'll be an option. He'll be ranked. It'll be a decision that you'll have to make. Somebody that I generally isn't what I call sexy in terms of a draft pick. Somebody that I'm like, oh, yeah, I got Josh Naylor. Like, boom, nailed my draft. Like, he's not that player that, you know, boop, check mark. You know, I got him. Is good for me. So, you know, we'll just, we'll go through it. We'll talk about more Josh Naylor possibly throughout the offseason. And, you know, really go down on what we where we really think he's going to be. But until then... We're going to move on here. We're going to talk about Andres Jimenez. Honestly, it's weird. So, like, Dom and I honestly thought he was going to be a lot better this year. You know, it's not like he had a bad season whatsoever, truthfully. Like, it was a good season overall with 30 stolen bases, which was definitely a highlight. Uh, You know, 76 runs, 15 bombs, 62 ribs, 27 doubles, and five triples is also nice for those points leagues. Batted 251. But the strikeout to walk ratio was pretty terrible at 32 walks to 112 strikeouts. Like that's vomit sauce. So I look at Jimenez's season as a whole and I'm just like, hmm, you know, it looked a lot like last year. And maybe this is just where the kids capped, right? He just had 10 more stolen bases this year. Or maybe there's another step. I mean, the kid's only 24. So maybe he could take another step forward and and do it. So like, Jimenez is an interesting person for me. And I honestly feel like he should be hitting 20 to 25 home runs, but who knows? Maybe I'm off base. This is what we're going to get from him. He may be a 20 guy in his prime, but ultimately if the team improves, I could see Jimenez improving and being more, being able to provide in those runs, ribbies, and obviously stolen bases categories. Last year he hit 297. And I don't see a, a, a world where he's not hitting at least 275 to 290. So if that rises and he gets the runs and ribbies up, I feel like Jimenez can possibly be somebody that is very valuable. But in terms of where I'm drafting him, if I'm drafting him, it's going to be later. Funny enough, let me pull up my rankings since I did finish my second base rankings to an extent. Let's see. Jimenez, I have it 15th overall at second base. And I think that's a fair ranking. Like, quite honestly, I look at other guys in front of like 
Zach Geloff, who I think I'll I'll draft in front of him. Bryson Stott, Edward Julian, Nolan Gorman, Estrada. Like those are names where like I mean I named off like five guys. And I mean obviously you're just not going to pick you're going to pick all those guys over him. But it's one of those things where like hey they like second base is starting to get a get interesting and starting to get a little deep. Funny enough, at least to an extent. And you know what? He's going to just fall victim of falling in the rankings that way. But uh, yeah. Uh, before we move on, I start talking about other names like Mr. Quan and Naylor and some pitching. I got a sponsor I want to talk to you about. The MLB playoffs are around the corner, and which means the clock is ticking on your chance for a hundred tons payout on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting with studs like Acuna, Betts, and Otani. Pick the over or under on their stats on these stars from home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more, and you'll receive up to 100 times payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right, and you could win big. Entries can be made in under a minute, so you can get that last-minute bet in. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. I love Sleeper for not only the, the awesome betting tools, but also, not betting, but the picks tools and for their Awesome fast alerts for both football and baseball. So you really want to get in there for the call-ups, injury news, and be the first to the waiver wire. And Sleeper helps you with it. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use and details. All right, all right. Let's keep it moving here. Let's keep going. And let's talk about Mr. Stephen Kwan. Quan, somebody I really wasn't keen on for the offseason, somebody I really wasn't trying to draft, but ultimately didn't turn out to have a bad season with 638 at-bats, 93 runs, 36 doubles, 7 triples, which is a really nice number, 5 bombs, 54 ribs, 21 stolen bases, 70 walks to 75 strikeouts, gotta love that, 60, uh, 268 batting average with a 710 OPS. So. The batting average is a little questioning since the walk-to-strikeout ratio was pretty nice, which means he's either doing a lot of ground balls or he's doing a lot of fly balls, whatever it is, it just ain't working. Uh, but I'll tell you what, for points leagues, he's very valuable since the walks and strikeouts are pretty much, you know, level uh, level peg there. But the doubles and triples are the serious, you know, point scorers there since he had 36 and 7. Like, those are phenomenal numbers. Now, in terms of Roto Leagues, where I look at how I look at him, right? Like 21 stolen bases, real nice. But at the same time, a lot of dudes chipped in a lot of stolen bases this year. And, you know, you got to look at it from a perspective of, you know, is that elite anymore? You know, what really makes a guy really valuable at stolen bases, especially since a lot of people are chipping in more steals. So ultimately, I don't really look at Quan as this really like hyper fantasy asset at this point. You know, batting averages, good. Run production, fantastic. Home runs, non-existent. Ribbies, left me desiring. And, you know, stolen bases are there. And OPS and OPS leagues, not really great for me either. Like, I think Quan is a fantastic points league play. Somebody that you definitely are going to want to grab. But in terms of Roto, 5 by 5 head-to-head leagues, yeah. I'm, I don't know if I'm really going out there and picking him up. I haven't really finished, finished my outfield rankings, so I don't want to say where I have him yet. So oh, right now I can tell you that like he is not the sexiest or 
most enticing player to pick this uh, going into 2024, for me at least. So with that being said, we're going to move on to Bo Naylor. Bo Naylor, interesting, interesting, interesting player. Six foot, 205-pound catcher, okay? You know, did some nice things in 198 at-bats, 33 runs, 13 doubles, 11 bombs in that short period of time, which is really nice, 32 ribs. Strikeout to walk ratio is not bad. 30 walks to 53 strikeouts. 237 batting average really wasn't great, but an 809 OPS. So what it's telling me is in that first really shot at the bigs, my dude just was able to come out and show out at least a bit. And I think the batting average is going to come up because quite honestly, you look at this kid's you know history and in the in the minors, he had a 253 batting average. In 2022, he had 263. And I think he's probably more like a 250, 260 hitter. And I think that, quite honestly, the power is legitimate when you could get 11 home runs and 198 at-bats. Like, that's stellar. I think he's going to be a massive improvement for this team as a whole in terms of the influx of talent that he's going to bring into the lineup. And I think there's a lot that could be said for Bo Naylor. And where I think he could possibly do for you next year. And it's funny. I look at him and I'm looking at my rankings here for Bo. And it's not like I have him completely out of the way. But right now I probably have him about 15. And I could see him moving up if spring really starts showing out for Bo. And, you know, Bo starts doing some really good things for for the Guardians and starts really mashing that ball. Because if he's getting everyday playing time and, you know, is the catcher there. Man, oh man, the upside could be really fun. So keep an eye out for Bo Naylor. Write that name down and don't forget about him because he'd be somebody that you might be able to be like, okay, late round catcher strategy and ends out being gold. So Bo Naylor could be your guy next year. Let's talk about Shane Bieber. Shane, you know what? I'm going to say this. Probably had one of the most disappointing seasons for a guy you drafted pretty damn high. So... Is end of the se- season numbers aren't bad, but the first half of the season was ugly. Couldn't get it right. The strikeouts were there. That was the real bright spot spot for his season. But you know, got hurt. Didn't play a full season. Obviously, he had 128 innings pitched. The strikeout numbers did come down at some point too, because as he started to lead to lead and in, lean into him getting hurt. So 107 strikeouts. And, you know, the ERA at a 280 isn't atrocious. The whip was at a one, two, three, which is not my favorite number. I think Shane, I don't think he got surgery or anything. I want to just double check that real quick. But if he is playing next year, I feel he's going to be quite a fantasy asset. And I think he bounces back just fine. Just want to double check, make sure nothing was, you know, we didn't hear any TJ since I remember him getting an elbow injury at some point. Um, but yeah. So forearm injury, which is always scary. Didn't hear anything about the, you know, him getting TJ. There's talks of him being traded in the off season. So, you know, if he does get moved, it could be serious value. Like if he ends up on the Dodgers or the Rangers or somewhere where he, they can, he can really, you know, take advantage with the winning team behind him versus this Cleveland guardian team that looks like they could start over and not even miss a beat with their pitching because they are just so loaded at pitching that, you know what, I have, what, I had five 
five bats to talk about, and I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven arms that we could talk about. And, you know, it's just, it's interesting. It's really interesting with the Guardian situation as a whole and what their rotation can look at it, look like in the new season. So we shall see. Shane Bieber is going to be an interesting one for fantasy. Let's talk about Tanner Bybee. Bybee, honestly, was somebody I really enjoyed watching this year. Somebody that really took advantage of his opportunity. First season in the bigs, 142 uh, 42 innings pitched, 141 strikeouts, a 2.98 ERA with a 1.17 whip. Now, his FIP, fielding independent pitching, was is a predictive stat was higher than his ERA, which is at 3.52, which was saying that, hey, he's playing a little bit above board than what he was putting out, and there could be some negative regression going into next season. But ultimately, FIP only goes so far and then versus what the guy's actually producing out on the field and out on that mound. So, like, I use it to say, hey, like, okay, if it's really serious and egregious, then boom, 50 points, we can meet in the middle of the 3-2-5 ERA. And if he gets that, I'm going to say, hey, man, like, yo, like, that's a great, great season for him in his year two. If he can get the strikeout, the caper nine over one, get like a start making his way to where, you know, you start seeing 20, 30 strikeouts above his innings pitch. And Bybee could be somebody that you're talking about as your, you know, your pitcher, a solid pitcher too. And then 2025 could possibly be a pitcher one for you. So I love Bybee's upside. I love what he could possibly be for you next year. And he's somebody that is going to be a hot, heavy target, I think, on all fantasy owners across all fantasy uh, platforms in general. So Bybee is somebody do not forget about. And before we move on to a rookie that got another rookie that got the call this year that has higher upside, guy that just couldn't stay on the field for the life of him, and another young pitcher I liked on this lineup, I have another sponsor for you. All right. October baseball is back, and you can make the postseason debut with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Join FanDuel today, and you'll get you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel and visit Locked On. Locked on slash locked on to create a new account. Then you can bet, uh, get in the action from anything from first pitch to final out. Bet on everything. <laughs> and if you don't want to wait, you can get uh, for the whole game and get the dub. You can predict on what will happen in the next at bat with quick bets. So head over to FanDuel slash locked on right now. Set up, step up to the plate on this postseason with the $200 bonus bet guaranteed. Every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the MLB. Oh boy. All right. That was an atrocious ad read. Um, I get better as, as time goes on. They switched it up on me, but it is what it is. Um, my bad. But anyway, we're going to go here. We're going to keep moving. We're going to finish this one out here. We're going to talk about Mr. Gavin Williams, probably my favorite prospect in terms of pitching this year. Gavin Williams is just a monster in his minor league career. Struggled a bit down the road here 
in the midst of the season for a bit. Took him a little bit to get going. But once he did, there was a lot of moments of brilliance here. And a lot of things that are, you know, give me, you know, my hair on the back of my neck to stand up. Hey, like, you know, I got the chills. Like, this kid could be the next big thing here. So 82 innings pitch, 329 ERA. Oh, 81 strikeouts. And a one-two-five whip. Whip is high, but that's to be expected on a guy that you know is young and his first year pitching in the bigs. And I think we could see a big season from him next year. Uh, you look at you look at just what his minor league track history is. Uh, you know, before he got the call up, he had sixty innings pitched. He had eighty-one strikeouts. He had a two-thirty-nine ERA with a sub-one whip. Same thing in twenty-two. 115 innings pitched to 149 strikeouts, a 196 ERA. What a sub one whip. Like the kid has so much talent, throws gas, has great stuff. Like Gavin Williams is all the upside in the world. I'm excited to see where I'm actually going to rank him. You know, he could be literally the next Shane Bieber. Like he looks a lot like Shane Bieber coming up, getting that call, being really impressive after figuring figuring things out and then coming in and just being an instant stud the next year, like Shane Bieber is somebody that you're going to be really, I mean, Shane Bieber, Kevin Williams is somebody you're going to want to really pay attention to as well, because this kid could have some serious, serious upside for your fantasy teams. So he's going to be somebody we're going to be targeting. We're going to be somebody we're going to talk about a lot and frequent because you know what, quite honestly, Gavin Williams could seriously get the job done for you and you're not going to be paying where you're going to be paying for him in 2025. So probably this year will be the last year you can get him for cheap because he has the upside of being a top 10 pitcher in all honesty. I mean, that's a little bullish might be one of my bull predictions for next year. Depends on how much of a deep dive I do on him and how much I fall in love all over again. So don't forget about Gavin Williams. All right. Let's talk about the guy that couldn't stay on the field at all this year. And that's Tristan McKenzie. Oh, man, it was a rough year. I loved him. I had him ranked like 22 or 24 going into the season. Really just upsetting at the fact of all his injuries. You know, he started off with that major strain, whatever, pole strain thing. Never even heard of, but apparently it's where the shoulder meets the arm, and it just was not good. Uh, ultimately, it kept him out for like two months. And then, unfortunately, then... He got hurt again, but it's funny. He got one, one, one start and then lit up the world with his one start and then was out for almost the rest of the season. Got, I think, one more one more outing before the season ended, and it didn't go well. So, you know, McKenzie's somebody I'm not really ranking in my top 30, but he's going to be right outside of it. I still think he's a solid pitcher three. I still think that the upside is there. I still think if he could put it together and stay healthy for a season, he has all the upside that I just mentioned of Bybee and Gavin Williams because he's a fantastic talent. You know, Tristan McKenzie could seriously do damage for any fantasy roster, quite honestly, because he can really get the job done. I mean, you look at 2022, what he did in 191 innings pitch, he had 190 strikeouts. He had a 296 ERA with a 0.95 whip like those numbers are stellar and you know you just look at him and you just go okay dude like he puts it together and he's fantastic now i don't foresee him having a sub three or maybe a three two five three oh 
310 kind of type deal, you know, but that's still elite. That's still fantastic. I think the strikeout numbers are going to be, you know, 20, 30 higher than his innings pitched at some point in his career. And it's going to be there for a couple of years. Tristan McKenzie has all the upside in the world. So like, you know what dynasty leagues, I look at it and you know, the owner may be fatigued with this last season, fatigued with his injury prone status. And you might be able to snake it out from, you're going to have to give up some fantasy assets being that he's younger and whatnot. But at the same time, he's definitely worth a trade for in this off season to see if you can kind of, you know, acquire him and put him on your team because he has a lot of value, especially if in a position to win, you know, keeper leagues. I don't know if I'm going to say I'm going to keep him unless, you know, my team is looking really ugly, but he's somebody that I'm probably going to draft higher in those drafts based off of the talent pool. That's going to be in there. And then based off of the upside and the ceiling that Tanner, uh, that Tristan McKenzie can offer. And not a lot of players can actually offer the ceiling that Tristan McKenzie can do. And have. But all right, it's enough on Tristan McKenzie. I spent a while on him. Let's talk about my favorite pitcher. It's Logan Allen. Not my favorite pitcher, but one of my favorite pitchers from this year. Let's put it that way. Another young dude um, that really just showed out and did his thing. Sorry for this. Um, <laughs> Logan Allen, I had the wrong one up. I had Logan Allen from the Colorado Rockies <laughs> on the baseball reference, but here we go. Six foot, 190 pounds. You know, had a nice season overall, right? You know, 125 innings pitch, 119 strikeouts, 381 ERA with, you know, 139 whip, which is really high, and a 419 FIP. Not too far off, but also not great. I don't really like that, but I mean, ultimately, he um, he came out and was very, very good. He wasn't like, wow, he blew your socks off, or he, you know, he really was like super elite, right? He was just a really good pitcher, right? So when he had his moments of brilliance, it was great, and when he didn't, it was ugly. So, you know... You just, you look at it and you go, okay, where are you drafting this kid? What does his outlook look for you, right? And, you know, I'm not drafting him as, you know, in the top 40. You know, it'll be like a 50 pitcher. I feel where the value will be there. And if he does take that step forward, because ultimately you look at him and you say, okay, he had a really good season for the first time, really getting a shot at the bigs. And, and throughout certain months, he really showed out, right? So April, he got his first shot, 11 innings. He had a sub three ERA. It was good with 16 strikeouts. Love seeing that. Even in May, a sub three ERA with a two, eight, three, 28 innings, which is solid, solid output, 27 strikeouts. Then June was a little ugly. I think the league was kind of figuring him out a little bit too, probably a little fatigue because, you know, it's a lot with 22 innings, a four, seven, six ERA with 20 strikeouts. Okay. Then July was not much better with a 4-5 ERA, 18 innings, 17 strikeouts. The K per nine is almost there, right? Then August, he kind of figures it out with 27 innings, 3-3-3 ERA, and 22 strikeouts. And then September was kind of ugly. Um, Yeah, with a 5 ERA. So he had his ups and downs. But, like, you look at the kid and you say, okay, this is first year in the bigs. You know, you can't really put, like, a serious judgment on – 
you know, the bad months and whatnot, he's still figuring it out. He's still adjusting to big league bats because they're significantly better, obviously, than the minors. And he's facing, you know, way stronger talent in that in that regards. So you, you just you take it, you take some of the some of the bad with a grain of salt, and you look at the good. You look at what he was able to accomplish, right? Again, still had a under a four ERA, and some months he had under a three ERA. The Caper Nine is not too far off with one nineteen from one hundred twenty five innings. You know, the WHIP left me desiring for that to be lower, but hey, he could probably fix that as well. You look at his WHIP, and he's always just been a high WHIP dude, and maybe, and this is just who he is, or maybe. As he matures, he kind of figures it out and he's able to keep the whip down and get the job done for you. You know, we'll see. I think that Logan Allen ultimately has an upside of being like, you know, three, five ERA, a K per nine guy. Uh, and, you know, be an innings eater where he's getting 190 100, uh, to 200 innings pitch. And I'm talking in a couple years, but even next year, he's going to have fantasy value. That's why I said about the five pitcher. And if he takes even a step further where we see a little bit more from him than what we're seeing now on paper, where, you know, you look at his 2022 season and his innings in his strikeout rate, right? Where he had 132 innings pitch to 177 strikeouts. Like if that's where we're going to be and he hits those inning markers that I believe he can hit, he could be absolutely elite. But I mean, I'm not going to, you know, blow his upside out of proportion and you know really hype up this dude but i think that he is definitely worth noting i think he's definitely worth drafting i think he's definitely a top 50 pitcher and i think that i'm going to be targeting him in a lot of leagues just based off of that so you know don't forget about logan allen he's gonna he has a lot of upside for next year all right it's enough on logan allen let's talk about emmanuel class a uh class a wasn't all that classy this year. Um, quite honestly, left me desiring a little bit from him in terms of obviously ERA much higher than what has been in the past from 21 and 22. You know, the 129 ERA and the 136 versus this 322. You know, a, lot, a few blow up, quite a few blow up games this year. The whip was definitely higher too at a 115. You know, like those numbers were kind of ugly, but his FIP was saying that he was pitching a little bit better at 291. I mean, it's not atrocious, you know, because, you know, he almost had a K per nine, but I expected a K per nine at least. But the save numbers are fantastic. 44, career high, like great. Like that's really what you drafted him for. But ultimately, like when you're looking at drafting a top end closer, you want a guy that's going to have the two ERA. You're going to have over a K per nine and obviously the saves. So he's not my number one or my number two this year or possibly even my three, but he's up there. So Emmanuel Class A is somebody that you're going to, you're obviously going to draft high, but may not be that elite marker that we've all expected him to be this year and take that step forward. But that's all for me today. And, you know, like, sub, subscribe, comment, rate, review. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Baseball your first listen each and every day. Be sure to look out for Dom's episode tomorrow and have a great weekend, guys. Peace.